Good morning. Uh, welcome to church. Great to have you along today. Happy Father's Day to all those fathers who are out there. It's uh, lovely to have you along as well. And thank you for the invitation uh, for me to be here. It's a great, great thrill for me to be here today. Some of you, of course, are sitting there probably saying, well, who is this guy? Uh, where do we find him? And for those of you who don't know me, my name's Greg Illingworth. Uh, it was um, my privilege and the privilege of my wife, Jenny, back in 2017. If you can remember back to pre-COVID days, seems like a long time ago now, doesn't it? But in 2017, you invited uh, us to come to you, and I was there as an intentional interim minister for about 15 months. We had a ball. We we loved Ballarat. Uh, we loved everything about it, even, even winter time. Yeah, well, anyway, we, we love most things about Ballarat. We certainly loved all of you, and thank you for embracing us the way you did back then. It was a, just a wonderful time uh, for us in ministry. And um, during that time, I had a number of roles. I guess primarily it was a time of transition for Yorkie and an important time for you, I believe. But also it was a time of getting you ready for this next guy to come along. And Tim Walter has come along, and what a great job. He's doing. He's a good guy, isn't he, Tim? I got to know Tim during the journey, and um, he's a good guy, and I'm really pleased with how things are working out for you all at York Street. I actually had a bit of a, I had a dream the other night about Tim. Or, well, this is the way the story's going anyway today. And, and my dream was mainly about the fact that I died and I went to heaven. Now, firstly, I'm really pleased about that part. That was good news for me. And as the story would normally go, you know, I got to heaven and uh, there was Gabriel was at the gates, of course, and uh, he, the angel Gabriel said to me, uh, Greg, you've just got one more thing you need to do to get to heaven. I said, what's that? And he said, well, look behind me. And, and behind him was this massive big blackboard. Now, for those younger people listening to this today, you're, you're probably thinking, what's a blackboard? Okay, so think of a whiteboard with a whiteboard marker. A blackboard, you would have a box of chalk and you'd take a piece of chalk out. You'd write on the blackboard in schools or wherever, churches, whatever, and then you'd have a, a duster to rub off whatever you'd written later on. So he said to me, there's this massive blackboard behind him and a big ladder up against the blackboard. So last thing, Greg, you've got to do is climb up the ladder and heaven is at the top. In the meantime, take your box of chalk and write on the blackboard any sins that you have committed during your life. Well, I thought it's hard to think of any really, but I guess I can find some. And so as I'm stepping up rung by rung up the ladder, I'm, I'm writing down the sins that I could think of. And that's going along pretty well for me. And I'm getting higher and higher and thinking I'm almost there. I'm almost in heaven. Next thing, though, there's this big ruckus up above me. And Tim Walter is coming down the ladder. I said, Tim, mate, what are you doing? Heaven's that way. Why, why are you coming down? And Tim said, yeah, Greg, I know, I know heaven's that way, but I had to come back down and get another box of chalk. Now, that response to my jokes is pretty much how they normally go actually that silence and the crickets chirping uh, but I trust you get my message today Tim I love you regardless of what I just said then today we are going to talk about not just Tim but about other mighty men of God and and today we've got um, a screen I'm going to put up here for you now to have a look at I hope this all works fine for us 
as we look at a screen together and uh, we'll be able to see exactly what we're talking about. It's good, isn't it, to talk about things on Father's Day that really matter. And I think being mighty men of God is something to me is really important. So the theme, I, I sat with the staff actually at Yorkie or a couple of weeks back, I guess, and we talked about what I would preach about while I was here today. And knowing it was Father's Day, they said, preach it, preach, rise up mighty men of God. And so being the very, you know, easy to get along with person that I am, I said, sure, I can preach on that. And I did say to them, it's asking for trouble. Because when you start talking about men or women, uh, someone's going to like it, someone's not going to like it. I'm probably going to upset someone along the track somewhere. But the good thing for me is I preach this sermon, I disappear off into the distance, and Tim, it's all yours from there. To the men that are listening here, I want to tell you, you know, God has created you to be a mighty man of God. You mightn't feel like that, but I promise you that God has intended this and it is your destiny. One of the outcomes, you know, of this current lockdown that we're experiencing is this sense of, of hopelessness. Have you seen that around so many people? There's a despondency, you know, an attitude of, oh, what's the point? You know, why would I even bother organising anything, planning anything? It's going to get cancelled anyway. And I've had moments like that too, you know, moments where you think I've got nothing to look forward to. And then, you know, I hear the news about Afghanistan and Haiti, New Orleans, things going on in places where there's extreme poverty and COVID is running rampant. And I sort of, you know, slap my face, you know, slap my face a little bit and say, you know what, I'm in a pretty good place. I don't have a lot to complain about. And the thing that I get reminded of constantly when I go through times like that is God is still on the throne. Amen. You know, while you're sitting in your lounge rooms this morning, why don't you say that with me in a big, loud voice? You ready? God is still on the throne. Good to be reminded about that, I think. Good to remember, you know, if you're a Christian person listening, remember that God has saved you, not just for this little time that we spend on earth, but for all of eternity. Isn't that great? If you're not yet a Christian, Please know God loves each one of us equally. He has not forgotten you and he invites you today to say yes to him coming into your life. Can I encourage you to do that? Inviting Jesus into your life is the best decision you can ever make. As Christians right now, we have the presence of almighty God in us by his Holy Spirit. How good is that? Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 6.19. So, yes, it's hard times, difficult, frustrating, but we have a God who is the God Emmanuel, God with us. He never leaves us. And one day we'll see him face to face and live with him in heaven. That's a promise. You can book that one in and it won't get cancelled. Good news, hey. Now, that's a digression from what I had planned to bring this morning, but I want you to receive it today and digest it and, and chew on these things today. I think they're really important for us, aren't they? Here's our passage of Scripture that we're looking at today from 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 12 to 16. I've used the message version. Now, I never do that, but as I read the message, 
about a week or so back, I thought, I like the way it puts this passage. Let's read it together. 1 Timothy 4, verses 12 to 16. Get the word out, teach all these things, and don't let anyone put you down because you're young. Teach believers with your life, by word, by demeanour, by love, by faith, by integrity. Stay at your post reading scripture, giving counsel, teaching, and that special gift of ministry you were given when the leaders of the church laid hands on you and prayed. Keep that dusted off and in use. Cultivate these things. Immerse yourself in them. The people will all see you mature right before their eyes. Keep a firm grasp on both your character and your teaching. Don't be diverted. Just keep at it. Both you and those who hear you will experience salvation. Now, Paul is writing to a young man named Timothy who he describes in chapter 1, verse 2, as a son in the faith. And I've been reading actually Colossians his last few days, and he refers to Timothy as a brother by then. It's interesting, that transition, isn't it? There's a lovely paternal sense here, though, as Paul writes to Timothy. At the start of 2 Timothy, which comes straight after 1 Timothy, Paul speaks about Timothy's mother and grandmother, Eunice and Lois, and their faith. Think for a moment. Who are the Timothys in your life? Who are the ones you are imparting to? People maybe who you counsel, mentor, protect, teach. Think about that. Also, who are the Pauls in your life? The ones who counsel you, who love you and encourage you. We all need both happening, I think as well as brothers and sisters in the Lord to give and receive love from. That's also so important. And can I say this morning, parents and grandparents, keep praying for your kids. Keep praying for your grandkids. It worked for Timothy. So Paul lovingly advises young Timothy in our passage, don't let anyone put you down because you're young. I want to add something here this morning, a bit different. I want to say, don't let anyone put you down because you're old either. Don't let anyone put you down because you're a man. It's Father's Day. We hear a lot currently about elder abuse, older people being ostracised from all parts of life in our communities. I think men are feeling a bit under the pump, or at least perhaps that women are leaving them behind. Paul has great advice for young Timothy we can pick up on. Firstly, though, it's, it's fair to say that the world is a funny place right at the moment. We get things out of balance and then we, we go too far trying to balance them up again. Have you noticed that? When I was young, men worked, women were in the home predominantly, men were in charge, we pretty much had all male ministers in our churches. And in lots of ways, you know, it wasn't good. Some balance was needed. So now we've gone really hard at correcting the imbalance that was there. And we've openly included women in all areas of life that they weren't involved in before, like playing footy and playing cricket. 
but more importantly and quite correctly in my opinion in allowing women greater employment parity and inequality including women in those previous very much male dominated domains so you know that's a healthy thing but what is unhealthy is how we have set about sometimes bringing that balance about the media are terrible at so many things don't get me started on the media in sport and the media the way they portray men in advertisements on tv have you noticed that the poor old man he's always the inadequate bumbling fool who can't make a decision can't get anything right and he needs the woman to come along and fix it all up you know the latest one i was watching just last week was the hungry jacks ad you've seen that you know, the man's frantically hunting through the cupboards, trying to find something to eat for the children. They're all hungry. And mum walks in with a bag of hungry jacks. Good old mum. Well done. These problems go back a long time ago to a time when men were given that pride of place socially and in the workplace. Men were listened to and women's lot in life, in some cases, was only to produce children and keep the house clean. We're so glad we have advanced some since those times. Some would say women are still at a disadvantage in some cases. I did note during a recent tennis tournament that the man who won the, the men's tournament got a lot more money than the woman who won the women's tournament. I don't know why, it's strange. But I think we're in a healthier place now in our gender balance. The media and much of popular society, I think it's led us though, to a place of frustration for men and perhaps a place where we might need a men's liberation. Bit of tongue in cheek there, I think. I read an article recently by a comedian by the name of Eleanor Tiernan, who said this, and I'll put the slide up on the screen so we can see it. Women are not superior to men. Women are equal to men. So why would advertisers be relentlessly um, putting the genders against each other if it's not true? They must have our best interests at heart, mustn't they? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if that's the case. She goes on to affirm that men are not the dumb ones, neither are women. We are equal and we should all be given more credit for our intelligence. Now, there's much more I could say about men and women, our roles in society. One thing I really do not like in society currently is this idea of gender neutral. One thing I really don't like is that. Males trying to look more female and females trying to look more male. Sometimes they succeed and it's, it's very difficult to tell. Hear me out. God made you just the way you are. He put breath in your body. He created you to do mighty things, men and women. Let's celebrate how God has made us rather than trying to change it. I, for one, I'm really glad men and women are different. Can I hear an amen to that? <laughs> yeah. Imagine knowing our marriages. If we just said very simply, thank you, God, for making us just like we are, but also to agree with what the scriptures tell us to do. Imagine if we did that fully. Imagine if husbands love their wives just like Christ loved the church. 
giving himself completely. Imagine if wives submitted to their husbands as to the Lord. Any wife who has a husband that loves her so much that he's willing to lay down his life for her, she'll be glad to submit to that sort of love. So in our current trend in society, I say, men, do not let people look down on you because you are a male. Let's instead talk about how we can be the mighty men of God that we are called to be. Let's go back to our passage. I'll put it back on the screen again. In this passage in verse 12, it says, teach believers with your life by word, by demeanor, by love, by faith, by integrity. Other versions say, be an example. And we can't prevent other people from criticizing us, despising us, putting us down. We're unable to control the attitude of others toward us. Paul helped to equip Timothy to deal with the situation in a most biblical manner. But we ought to be responsible for the way that we react to any negative attitude others may show towards us. And Paul's advice to Timothy was make sure of that in our demeanour, in our love, in our faith, and in our integrity. Show yourself to be a godly believer. In every area of life, we are to demonstrate the same spiritual maturity in the way we live, the words we speak, the things we do, and the way we react to others. In these difficult and challenging times, it's hard, isn't it? Men, I want you to think about these words today. And this is a bit of a takeaway for us today. But I want you to think about the way you do things. And not just in an outward way. Consider your thought life, the things that go on within you, the things you might internalise. And ask yourself the question, how am I doing? Now, this is a private thing to do. Men and women, you can both do this. I want you to ask yourself today, how am I going in my demeanour, my love, my faith, my integrity? And internally right now, as I repaired this message, I felt that perhaps some of you were being really challenged in that area of integrity. What is God speaking to you about that right now? It is therefore about seeking these godly characteristics of Timothy and like him to have a teachable spirit that seeks to honour the Lord in our demeanour, love, faith and integrity. And may we show ourselves to be a godly example to those around us. Paul goes on and he says, read the word, teach it. it it's that, that's your gift to teach and encourage others. Now, verse 14 onwards is for all of us, certainly not just for the men. It's for all of us who are listening, because it is talking about spiritual gifts that God has given us. Now, when I read the book of Joel, and I'll put a passage there from Joel on the screen. It's pretty clear there. He says, and it will come to pass afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. That's not male or female, is it? That's all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. 
Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. All flesh, that is everyone. Passage in Galatians 3.28 says, there's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. So, what is it that God is speaking to us today? I want to ask you a question to consider. What is the gift or gifts that God has given you? Are you using them? Think about what God has uniquely blessed you with, whether received, when people prayed for you, maybe someone laid hands on you or something God has blessed you with directly? Are you putting it to use? Or have the years dulled that desire to use our gifts for God? It may be something you can use for others. It may be a spiritual gift like tongues or prophecy, healing or intercession. Are you using your gifts? It's so easy in these Lockdown times to lose our spark. Lose our desire for things, including God. So here's another thing to take away. Make this your prayer. God, am I using the gift you have given me? Or gifts? You might like to note this down somewhere to look at a bit later on. The quote on the screen there is something that I found has been really important for me to think about. Live as God sees you and has spoken over you. When we start doing that, things change. So in continuing in our passage from Timothy, from 1 Timothy, verse 15 says, it is good to cultivate these things. Other versions to meditate on them. Right now we have plenty of time for meditating on things, don't we? And people will notice the change. Two important things here, character and teaching. We need to constantly do an integrity and character check rather than just ticking that box and moving on and saying, all good here. We need to sit with God and ask him, God, you know me intimately. What do I need to change? Well, maybe there's just a few degrees shift we might need to do on some things. If we choose to respond to God's instruction, we are on the path to being teachable. And then you're in a much better place to be God's example. This passage tells us when we are in this intimate place with God, where God is shaping our character and we are allowing his gifts to flow through us out to others, then we can take joy in our own salvation. But also we can be responsible for others finding the treasure we have found. This morning I began with a bit of a stir-up message for men to not be feeling put down, or inadequate, but to celebrate the way God has made you and being the man of God 
he is calling you to be. The words of an old hymn I used to sing at school and then I think early days of church as well is one that some of you older folk might remember. The hymn is entitled Rise Up, O Men of God. And one of the lines says, give heart and soul and mind and strength to serve the King of Kings. Powerful words. Drink them in today. You want to be a mighty person of God? This is how we do it. In finishing up this morning, this message is for all of us. There's two takeaways I want you to remember from the message, which will only become takeaways if you take them away, if you know what I mean. These takeaways are for all of us, male, female, Jew or Greek. I know all of us want to be mighty men or women of God because God has called us to do that. So I'm just going to put them back on the screen for you again today. Takeaway one, what sort of example am I setting? How is my demeanour, my portrayal of love, faith and integrity? And takeaway number two, make this your prayer. God, am I using the gifts that you have given me? I'm going to pray for us now. Will we allow the spirit of God to speak to us? Let's pray. Our Father, I thank you that you are speaking to us here this morning. I thank you that your presence is permeating every lounge room, every place where we might hear these words. May we be challenged to go deeper with you. May we want to be that godly example to those around us to be people of integrity, of good character, to be people who recognise too that you have given us gifts and talents to be used. May we not waste them. May we be ready always to act exactly according in the way that you would call us and ask us to act. I pray that we will be ready to change. We will be ready to be transformed by the power of your Holy Spirit that is within us. And we pray these things in Jesus' name today. Amen. As we finish up too, I would like to just put a benediction up on the screen. And I know we're sitting in our lounge rooms. It's a bit tricky, isn't it, trying to do things together. But this is a benediction that I believe is fitting for the words we've heard today and the scriptures we've looked at. So I'm going to ask you in a big loud voice in your lounge room this morning, will you join with me as we say these words from 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Let's say these words together. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labour is not in vain in the Lord. Wow. Powerful words, aren't they? Powerful words that I believe God wants to speak over us this morning. Well, as we go through our lives, wherever we are, remember, 
God is still on the throne. Be encouraged. God has made us all mighty in him. We have the power of God in us. Praise him for the presence of his Holy Spirit. It's in us. And may we have hope within us because of what he is doing. Thank you for allowing me to speak to you today, mighty people of God, and may the Lord bless each one of us.